Let's podcast alongside Joe Gillio. I'm Joe Ovias inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at copiers-plus.com. I've joked about it before. I'm actually starting to do it myself. This sounds like a 2024 problem, but don't let print management, document management costs eat into your budget in 2024. Get on it now. Contact copiers-plus.com. Get that assessment and see where you can save money for your small to medium-sized business. Saving money is good in any year or any month. Mm -hmm. So go to copiers-plus.com. So let's let, let's talk about the the scene at reynolds coliseum last night it was very the, eventful it was it, look it's a heritage game you know say what you want about whether this game has lost a little bit of its luster over the years it's fine whatever but last night was a pretty cool night because you do the david thompson statue unveiling i, I guess they couldn't get maryland for david thompson as the opponent so they got the next best thing joe maryland eastern shore cool Peyton Wilson gets surprised with the Butkus Award. That's pretty nice. Saw the statement, or at least the released from the ACC today, as the nation's best linebacker. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, there was some disappointment there when everybody went to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. They had the whole crew there, his family and Dave and mm -hmm. Tony Gibson and everybody, only for some random safety from Notre Dame to win the award. And it was like, right, that's the what the Nagurski. Like, it was the Nagurski Award. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you watch college football this year? I know. It's so I think it was nice. They had the captains out, Brendan mm -hmm. Armstrong. They had this great uh, ovation mm -hmm. for all of the players. Keon Lassane, Davin Van, they were all there. And then it was like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, Peyton Wilson's a finalist for the uh, Buckus Award. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, well, he's not a finalist anymore. And out comes he's a winner. Jordan with the trophy. So that was, pretty, that really, was a really nice cool. moment. So it was a pretty cool night overall. But what has state, at least state basketball fans buzzing from last night was the fact that MJ Rice played. Now, I'm going to be honest. I had forgotten about MJ Rice. I, it's just one of those things. I, I, I knew that in the offseason, he was considered um, a big acquisition for Kevin Keats in the remaking of the roster. And when you are in this portal era to get a guy from here, from Durham, from Kansas, big deal. But then... There was some question about, you know, was he on the roster? Was he not on the roster? I know he had released a statement. MJ Rice had released a statement about taking some time away from the team. I think at some point last week he came back to the team, but no real yeah. I, I word if he was going to play. So there was a surprise that he was on the court last night and looked pretty good. So I went to the game, uh, took my family, bought tickets, sat upstairs, enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And all the stuff's going on with Peyton Wilson. And I know Ethan Hyman so well. He follows... Peyton Wilson out into the hallway because he loves to get those behind the scenes pictures. All of a sudden I see number three come on the floor and Jackson goes to me, who's that? And I go, Oh, is that the kid from NCA and T like did they finally get a waiver, mm -hmm. you know, because um, the, the transfer from Gonzaga got a waiver at wake forest. They're, yes. The, the NCAA is doing the catch up thing yeah. where they're giving guys waivers and all this other it's stuff. Not, it's not like the season snuck up on them or yeah, anything. Yeah. You know? They're doing that thing yeah. right now where they kind of quietly, you know, let everybody have that second time transfer. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh, maybe it's the guard from, from North Carolina A&T. And then I was like, I go, no, that kid's pretty big. <laughs> and then uh, Jackson goes, Oh, that that's, it says rice. I go, 
that's MJ Rice. So we were, I didn't think we were going to see him this year for sure. Going through some serious stuff this off season, this summer. And it it truly is a little bit of a Christmas miracle that you were looking for from Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) And the thing about MJ Rice, and I don't know, you know, the quality of player that he will be, what kind of shape he's in and all those other things. He is athletic as all get out. Yeah. And that's the kind of player you can't, you know, we talked about, Oh, you lose a player in, in early and you're like, Oh, you can't replace that guy. No, you, you add that. That's like a, that's like a free agent signing right there. That was amazing to see him come out there. I don't know what they'll be able to do with him. How, how fast they can get off the speed. Right. Super athletic. We'll see what he can pick up. That was a big buzz for them, but, the way that they played, you know, I was like, this is not honoring David Thompson, guys. You're, you're, yeah, okay. you're playing poorly. You're missing shots. There is no, there should be juice in this building. Yeah. Every time I've seen them play, even no matter who the opponent is, every time I've seen NC State play the Heritage game at Reynolds, there's been juice. They've been excited. They don't care who the opponent is. They come out and they put it on them. Mm-hmm. No, the final score is deceptive because it, it wasn't that. But they kept missing free throws too. And I'm just sitting here going, what on earth is happening right now? You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're playing like crap. So for how to have rice, have the dunk at the end. And they, they scored 56 points in the second half. That's great. Um, states uh, states in a situation where they're going to need to beat Tennessee in a couple of weeks. Yes. They're going to need to put that in their back pocket you because they, they had BYU and to lose the BYU card, right? Mm-hmm. You have to find another rice could definitely help them on that front. If they can get them up to speed, only play 10 minutes last night. It's probably about all I could handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, UMass is not a great team. Uh, they fought. I like the way that they played in the in the first 30 minutes of that basketball game. Obviously, got away from them at the end. Um, but no, this this would be huge for State to have a player of that talent. Uh, you know, Kevin, MJ was a McDonald's All-American mm-hmm. and high-level recruit. And I remember when he added Sasha Killia-Jones, I said to him, what the hell you want with this guy? <laughs> and he goes, he's talented. Whatever you think of him, he's talented. whatever he did at Kentucky, he's still a big 6'10 talented player. Mm-hmm. And when I had asked him this summer about Rice, and he goes, he's a talented player. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a, he's an athletic, he's super athletic. And, you know, we've seen the template with Kevin, with uh, a CJ Bryce, with a Torn Dorn, a guy who, who could defend the four, stretch the floor, and do a little bit of uh, be, be super athletic and be a matchup problem. When you have a DJ Burns, it's important to have a little bit more like that to, to offset some of that unathletic stuff. So this is a true wild card for them. I don't think they were counting on him. Uh, I think there were a lot of times during the summer where they just flat out knew that it would be a, a challenge to get him on the floor. So great, great strides for him, mm-hmm. for, for MJ to be out there and get out there and help. And uh, you you just want the best for a player in that situation. So we go from vibes immaculate to uh, more chaotic vibes. And I guess the Carolina Hurricanes decided that causing chaos or create chaos or whatever their sloganeering is for the season uh, is going to be the aesthetic they truly take. Because if you look at the Carolina Hurricanes schedule and results so far this season, there is no consistency whatsoever. Win, loss, couple wins, couple losses, three wins, couple more losses, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, two losses in a row now. But losses that, you know, the classic Rod Brindamore, the Winnipeg game, they lose, what, 2-1, but they like the way that they played. I mean, we, you, you can kind of, if if Rod Brindamore was a playlist, there are certain hits on there that he will go to 
when he wants to when talking about the results of the game. And I'm not saying it is a knock. You play 82 times, you're only going to sure. say certain things so many times. Right? I, I think it's clear, though, at this point, and you might not agree with me, but I think it's clear at this point, they have a goalie problem. I don't think it's a goalie problem. Well, I, in this sense, here's where they have a goalie problem. Okay. If you're trying to win the Stanley Cup, which is their stated goal, mm-hmm. I thought Freddie Anderson showed you last year what he did in the playoffs showed you he could be good enough to help you win the Stanley Cup. I don't think Ranta, Ranta is just now a, a backup. Yeah. He's not anything more than that. He's not, he shouldn't be playing any more than 20 games in a year at this point. Kachekov, they want him to be something that he's not right now. Mm-hmm. And it happens a lot with goalies where yes. you'll see them flash in their first or second year. We saw it last year. And then they fall off. Okay. Kachekov, you give up two goals in the first minute of the game. That's oversimplified. Two goals in the first minute of the game. But but if it was just one game, Joe, mm-hmm. I would say to you, fine. But go back to the Colorado game. Go back to the other games in that first West Coast strip where they really struggled in net. And if you can't with Freddie with the it, the health issues to Freddie, mm-hmm. this is a team that has to make a major move in goal, mm-hmm. or they will not achieve what they want to achieve this year. That is clear to me in on December 7th. That okay. has been crystallized to me. Am I trying to say that goaltending has been great? No. Goaltending is part of a problem, but there's a larger problem for the Carolina Hurricanes, and I put that strictly on the defense. The defense has not been Their good. defense needs to be better. Their Absolutely. defense, which is supposed to be, and on paper, one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the NHL with the best defender in the NHL Mm -hmm. and Jacob Slavin has been bad, straight up bad. They have been incredibly inconsistent on a night in night out basis. Does, does Peter Kochakoff need to clean some things up? Absolutely. But when you let Edmonton and their star players like Connor McDavid and the crew get in front of Peter Kochakoff, like they did, I mean, they basically were just able to get right in front of Kochakoff and get what they wanted. And when you watch the replays, what do you see? You see one defender trailing. You see a guy out of position. You see guys not selling out, which is something that Jordan yeah, Stahl, the after the game, Jordan Stahl, after the game, called out once again. Yeah, we better. Um, you know, it's uh, it's not great the way we've been kind of up and down this season. And uh, we uh, flushed it as quick as you can. And, um we got to start buying into what we do and um, to a man, I've got to be better. Uh, I've been very average from the start of the season. And um, there's other guys in this room. I know that um, need more or want more for themselves. And um, we got to start, uh, you know, believing in uh, the way we play and what we do. And um, we'll, we'll try again tomorrow. This is twice in less than a month's time where Jordan Stahl, the captain is overall questioning the buy-in of the team. And Rod Brindamore had an interesting sequence after the game where, I mean, look, he says that, yeah, man, you, you want to have those goals back, you know, being down Oh, two, 13 seconds apart in the first minute of the game is not how you want to start things, but it went beyond that. You know, any sign of this game coming, it looks like we've been no, fairly well. we had one of our best games of the year the other night and we lost that one. Um, and that's the hard part. Cause for this year, how it's gone. We've played pretty well and gotten nothing out of the games we've lost. This was a, an absolute, you know, not what we've seen. This is, but you get those during the year. Um, you know, it's definitely one I hopefully we obviously don't repeat. 
Does it start with maybe not getting a save early if you would have gone? No, well, that's part of it, but you can't blame them on that. Yeah. You know, you don't blame them on that. It's just we weren't ready. This, you know, the face-off play they ran, we showed it 15 times, 15 times before the game, and and we fall asleep on it. So that's just preparation. You guys weren't, you know, dialed in. And it happens. 82 games, you get a little sleepy, but not against teams like that where they have the talent they have. You can't give them a, a you know, a second because that's what happens. So that's Rod Brindamore after the game. And the part that made me raise an eyebrow was that part about we showed them this 15 times off the faceoff and they still just did not execute. They were sleepy. And look, Rod is right. In the course of an 82 game uh, season, you're going to have some nights where you simply don't have it. I know on the TNT broadcast, Rod almost channeled his inner Coach K. You could tell he was hanging out with Coach K recently. He was this close to being like, wow, it's like they got snatched by aliens. One of those press conferences that every so often Mike Krzyzewski would do. So I think there is a larger problem for the Carolina Hurricanes right now that goes beyond goalies. They could go out and get somebody to replace Freddie Anderson, who we don't know due to health concerns is going to come back. But that's still not going to solve their defensive inconsistencies and more for a problem for the Carolina Hurricanes. The thing that I'm most concerned with, I think defensively, they'll finally find themselves again. They're too good to be this sloppy like they've been. They're too good to be this sloppy. You got to score, man. You got to score. And if the biggest, if you want the biggest indictment for the Carolina Hurricanes and their offseason moves or what they want to do, they just don't get a dude. The dudes or the thing that I'm starting to see percolate. And I think it's a perfectly fine conversation to have. I know Ryan over at the, the Hockey News brought this up in his postgame report uh, from last night's game. You have to start wondering about the system that puts these guys in a place to create a bunch of shots, but not exactly cash those shots. They're basically counting on creating the chaos in front of the net and things will eventually burst open. I remember having these conversations the last five years when it comes to the Carolina Hurricanes. They'll say, hey, we're creating chances. We're creating chances. It's going to break for us. It's going to break for us. It's going to break for us. The system that got them to this point is awesome, but I do wonder if this system is ultimately handcuffing them when you have to find other ways to win. I knocked the Dolphins for being the exotic car that if once a gasket blows, they can't recover. That's my concern with the Carolina Hurricanes. If you are not running on time, if the system is not completely working the way it's supposed to be, then you just fall apart like this and you have nights like that. That's what prevents you from being a cup contender. You have to find other ways to win if it's not working the way you want it to go. I love the belief in their system. I I, I love that the hard work ethic is ultimately what's going to push you over because Rod Brindamore knows no other way. But based on what I've seen so far this season, the system is not working on a night-in, night-out basis. And that is more than a goaltending problem, Joe. They have some issues that go beyond a bad performance by a goalie. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the teams that they're playing and who they're struggling against, that to me is the red flag. Okay. Going back to that other trip, when you talk about losing to Colorado and the way that they did mm-hmm. at home, losing to Tampa, the way that they did the game that Rod's referencing is the New York game. When he says we played our best game of the year and we had nothing to show for it. They played the Islanders on Thursday they absolutely dominated the Islanders and controlled them. Mm-hmm. And Kachekov gave up some goals that he had no business giving up. I'm just telling you, you're right when you say systematically they need to get their head screwed on, both in the forward group and defensively. Mm-hmm. The Orloff thing is kind of sort of fascinating, right? 
They added Orloff as almost like a bonus piece, but he does seem to be throwing off the chi a little bit. That can get fixed over time. Okay. Which I think is you got to understand what you're trying to do. You got to yeah. understand the culture. They mean they may not to understand he's not going to get it. I'm not, not. I'm not. I don't know. The no, guy. you're right about that. I'm just saying not. They, they added him as like this bonus thing. They might need to move him in a, in a trade to get a goalie. They might need to move some other guys that they don't want to give up in order to get a goalie based on what I'm telling you. So it's almost like we, we love to talk about quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. MJ Morris, right? When, the, when NC state went to MJ Morris, there was a, there was a jolt. Oh, there sure. was a that's, jolt. There's that's I, a I, classic hockey is where the guy in the net, it go, it goes from the goal mouth out. There's yeah, a you confidence. Got, you got to believe in it. Yes. You got to believe there, it. Yes. I think right now they're putting this guy back there mm-hmm. and it's like, there's too many games like the Islanders game, mm-hmm. not this game. Mm-hmm. Right. You're right. A guy comes in, what the hell he's supposed to do? It could be Patrick Waugh back there. You're, you're, what are you looking for here? Right. You know, Marty Brodeur in the day of like the dead puck and, you know, winning yeah, 108. When you, literally have your, when you literally have some of the best NHLers yeah. camping out in front of you. But that's also the problem. Like I'm yeah. saying, it's who they're losing these runaway games to. Yeah. Tampa, Colorado, Edmonton, mm-hmm. right? Like those are the nights when you say, oh, it's an 82 game schedule. I could forgive you sleeping through the Blue Jackets game. I could forgive you sleeping through the San Jose game. That was Ross I can't. Point. I can't forgive you. Mm-hmm. And, and and they beat Edmonton in Raleigh two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So you know who had this one circled, and then they had six days off. Fair enough. Yeah, but right? sometimes teams come off those six day layoffs and they have nothing. And they're rusty, but fair enough. They were jumped and ready to go. But like those are the kind of nights you got to be. You got to be popping. I, I was slightly disappointed in the Winnipeg game. For that reason, mm-hmm. because you're like, wait, a second. okay, you figure some things out. You beat Buffalo at home. That was like the, the payback for the Islanders loss, right? You got to keep those things going. You got to keep, you have to play a certain way to do that. They're not playing that certain way. And the, the I have faith that they can solve that. But I'm telling you right now, uh, they have to solve this problem before they can solve their other one. Have you gone to OGTriangleMedia.com and filled out our survey yet? Yes. Have you, Joe? Uh, I don't don't think I'm supposed to fill out the survey. No, you're not. You're not. If you have an issue or I you do want to highlight the email, though, we got from our listener in Alaska. Okay. That's amazing to me. I know. Like, it, I, I realize it doesn't. The effort that I have to download in Raleigh is not. I don't have to make more of an effort to download in Alaska, but I love yeah, the internet. That Chris the Brassfield <laughs> listens to us in Alaska. Like I, I read this email this morning and I was like, you know, man, I, like throwing the starfish back into the ocean. He was, he was warming my heart. I, I was, I was moved. Chris Brassfield, IE spokesman for your rural Alaska market. Yeah. Send him a color changing cup and Did some you? other stuff. Yeah. Good. Good. Send him a hoodie. He's buying hoodies. I mean, Sporting us mm-hmm. wants a subscription fee. Like he's basically saying, like, here is my money. Take it. How, how can I give it to you, please? please. Yes, please. I love you. So that's the point of OGTriangleMedia.com. Head on over there today. Fill out that survey because we have some ideas for 2024, but we want to make sure that whatever ideas we have makes sense. It might be something that you would want, or if there's something that we're not doing that you think we should do, then by all means, suggest it to it. Now we is might there a not way to do to- a live Thursday show from Alaska. Could we go see the Northern Lights? It would blow our budget. I mean, how much do you think it costs to get out to Alaska? I don't know. I mean, I guess we could crash at uh, Brassfield's place. Uh, I mean, obviously. Right. And as we've established, <laughs> you will literally sleep on a cardboard floor. Yes, obviously. So we could do that. 
I would love to see the Northern Lights. That's right. a thing, right? But that's like our In entire Alaska? like our entire budget. Probably. We have no budget. Well, that's not true. I bought stickers. Stickers. I need another sticker since I gave my sticker to <laughs> that brown old lady. We have stickers. Yeah, we do. These so, stickers are nice. So we have these. They're glitter stickers. It's just uh, shit. Just be happy. Although apparently I misquoted it. It should just be shit. Be happy. But you know what? We're going to make this work. Uh, so here that here's how this is. I, I had a sticker mule deal that was like 20 bucks for a bunch of stickers. Uh, this is a limited run. So if you want a sticker, I'm capping it at 20. The first 20 people to email me, vogoesdigital.com at gmail.com. Again, that's vogoesdigital at gmail.com. We got to find a new email. Um, <laughs> it's a mouthful. The first 20 people who say they oh, want this sticker. What was OG Media? Well, I don't think it was available. Okay. That's why it's OG Triangle Media. You know how many people yeah. think they're OGs? Yes. Right? Like, we're not original. That's a good point. So we had to be very regional specific in that. Plus, I like the play on it because there's a lot of people like the Triangle Media. That's right. Yes. Well, we are OG Triangle Media, if you will. So anyway, the OG goes digital at gmail.com. Email me. Say you want this sticker. And I'll put it in the mail, hopefully, before the end and shouts of the to Chris, year. man. Yeah, man, that's also real. Thank you. Absolutely love that. And shouts to Mosquito Authority for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Check them out. Bugsbite.com. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. Right now is the time to be considering uh, the creatures that might be getting into your house. It's cold. They want in. You want to keep them out. Things like termites. That's another thing you want to keep in mind. So head on over to Bugsbite.com. And if you want to be thinking about some changes for your patio setup next year, contact Mosquito Authority and start thinking about the misting system that keeps those bugs away. And it'll keep you cool too while you're out there trying to grill. So big thanks to Mosquito Authority and Pest Authority. Check them out at bugsbite.com. Also, thanks to Breeze Through. Locations across Triangle, locations across North Carolina. They got one outside PNC Arena, Carter-Finley Stadium. They got one in Chapel Hill. They got one in Cary. They're all over. Most importantly, while you're running around, and you're trying to get all the gifts or trying to run from one holiday party to the next, yes, you're going to drop on by. You're probably going to fill up, but you also know what else you need to fill up on. Caffeine to keep you awake this time of the year. So hit that coffee. The best. So we are live to tape on a Thursday, which means on Friday, the new butcher's market opens up on Lake Boone, Joe. Get over there. Lake Boone Trail Shopping Center, butcher's market. Get yourself ready for Christmas. Do it now. Get yourself set up for that meal. What are you waiting for? Oh, oh no. Hold up. Are you kidding me? I should put my phone away sometimes when we're doing the show. Cause, but yes and no, there's a yin and a yang to this. Cause we found out Frank Wright got fired while we're in the middle of recording a show live <laughs> to tape. And then I got the ESPN alert that it was happening. Deuce can I hire Manny Diaz? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Hey, maybe maybe Why Ryan she- maybe Ryan McGee can come okay. work as the offense coordinator. <laughs> I should call up Ryan McGee right now. You ready to dust off the ESPN intern story mm-hmm. for Manny Diaz? Are you kidding me? So I went to tw- hold on a second. Okay, it's from Thamel. Sources, Penn State defensive coordinator Manny Diaz has emerged as the focus of Duke's head coaching search. A decision is expected. What's the decision to make? Don't hire him. Go look at what he did in Miami. If you can't, if you can't at Miami, 
with everything available to you. What makes you think it's going to happen at Duke? He's a decent enough defensive coordinator. He is not a head coach. Yeah, some guys are better as coordinators. I think Manny's perfectly good. Perfect defense coordinator. Look, man, he was he was in his bag when he was the defensive coordinator for Miami. Turnover mm-hmm. chain, all that stuff. But once he got to be elevated to head coach, remember, he was supposed to be at Temple, too. I think he was a Temple head coach for, what, 24 hours? Not even? Because Mark Rick, health concerns, et cetera, walked away. And then it was, all right, now it's Manny Diaz time. Hold on a second. Mark Rick didn't want to fire his kid is what happened. Uh, you're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. Hold Which on I a second. Hold on a second. Pulling up the wiki. Because I forgot how many places he's been. Oh, yeah. Florida was, State. He was with Mac. Don't forget that was the Taysom Hill game where Mac had oh, to fire that's him. that's right. That's, I forgot Taysom about Hill. that. Oh, it's right here. Here it is on Wikipedia. <laughs> September 7, 2013, Longhorns defense under Diaz gave up a school record 550 yards rushing to BYU, including 257 uh, to Taysom Hill. The following day, Mac Proud described the defensive performance as unacceptable, relieved Diaz of his duties as defensive coordinator. Then he gets to Miami. Then there was the Temple thing. That's right. Two weeks later, it was two weeks. I said 24 hours. It was two weeks later. Shows up in Miami where he goes six and seven, eight and three, seven and five. They'll always have the Sun Bowl, Joe, which they didn't play because of the, I think that was because of the pandemic, right? Or or they, what happened in that no, game? Miami's claim to fame is they beat State in 21. That's right. You always bring up the Manny Diaz game. Yeah. It's like you can't he lose got that fired, game. like, you know, pretty quickly after that. I mean, listen, Manny Diaz, like you said, some guys are just better coordinators than they are head coaches. Manny Diaz, all I needed to know, I saw when they went to Chapel Hill in 2019. And remember, Chuck was there. Mm-hmm. A motto. Because remember, Manny Diaz is... Hold on, hold on a second. D- Dad. Dad. What? We're on. We're recording right now. Hi, Hernando. Hola. Your mom. Okay. Hi, mom. So, Miami has the Dolphins. The greatest So, Manny Diaz, really? For Duke? Yeah, apparently they're going to hire him at Duke. Well, well, Joey, uh, that I, you want me to be, be honest with you? Yeah, be honest with me. You're on FaceTime right now. I got you on the mic. It's, I think it's, it might be like a minority hire, you know? Cubans um, repping. Let's go. Yeah, well, but you know that counts as a minority hire. You know, do you, do we count? We don't count. We don't count for I, that. I got my job at IBM. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You remember what Manhattan said? What I was. <laughs> that, you, yeah, we can't say that. So okay. So bad hire. I don't, I don't know. Let's give Manny a second chance. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Has he been officially hired? Uh, it's on Wikipedia right now. <laughs> it says December 7th, 2023, Diaz was hired to be the head coach at Duke University. So if Wikipedia says it's real, then it's, it's real. real. Well, I think, it's, I think, well, your mother says bad hire. See, mom is right. Mom is absolutely right. And my first take is a bad hire, but hey, you got to give people a second chance. Okay. Look at Bobby Bowden. Look at Bobby Bowden at West Virginia. He was fired from West Virginia. And then he went to the Seminoles, and he the rest is history. Let's give Manny a chance, you know? Because he needs to get a good offensive coordinator. <laughs> you know? Right? He's a All defense. Right. right? All right. You know, maybe he could get uh, Dorsey. 
Oh, yeah, well, yeah. yeah Dorsey he's is available. There. He's he's no longer destroying uh, headphones in Buffalo anymore. So yeah, or at, uh, at Carolina, you know, he can get Dorsey. Okay. All right. Thanks for the live reaction, Dad. But I'm with Mom. It's a bad hire. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye, Dad. Bye. So back when Chuck Amato was at NC State. Yeah. He had come from Florida State. Chuck had already rec- had always recruited in South Florida, obviously. Mm-hmm. When he was at NC State, he wanted to recruit in Florida. So Manny Diaz's dad was the mayor of Miami. So Manny became like this guy, like what we mentioned. He worked with Ryan McGee at ESPN, but he also became this. I think he was the assistant to the strength coach. Was Something his like, like right. first job at with with Chuck at NC State. <sighs> And he kind of moved his way up to the ladder. He was like an assistant coach. And then, as we mentioned, he was at Texas and some of these other places. Ultimately, he gets the head job at Miami in 2019. Mm-hmm. All right. Miami in the second week of the year, it was Mac Brown's second game in Mac Brown 2.0. Miami comes to Keenan Stadium. Chuck Amato was on the sideline. Mm-hmm. And it was literally like watching a Chuck Amato football team. Miami has talent. Miami was fairly inept on offense and the procedural penalties were like clockwork. And just looking at the scoreboard from this game, looking at the stats from this game, seven penalties for Miami, 57 yards, one penalty for Carolina in a three point game. Sometimes it's really that easy is what it comes down to. All right. Every time we talk about college football, it's brought to you by wings over. Check them out. Downtown Raleigh in Chapel Hill in Greenville. Um, Sorry, I'm still processing the potential of Manny Diaz being hired by Duke. I'll, I will contain myself here in a second. Maybe what I need to do is chill myself out. Yeah, go get some tots and get some tots. Right, great idea. That sounds like a wonderful idea. Yeah, so check out Wings Over. Go to the website when you put in an order for Wings Over and you say you want it at six o'clock. It's going to be ready at six o'clock. I cannot stress how timely it is. A lot of places like, oh, I'm going to pick it up, whatever. And then maybe they'll get to you 15 minutes later. Now, it is on time every time I've ordered from Wings Over. So check them out. Wings Over Raleigh, Wings Over Chapel Hill, and Wings Over Greenville. From college football over to the pros, uh, did you read or see the headlines related to the Carolina Panthers, David Tepper, and the Hunger Games, Joe? I know you read it. I feel like you would have read it. If it went from Hunger Games, I'm guessing a movie you haven't seen. No, no, <laughs> sorry. Uh, if it went Game of Thrones reference, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be all in. I so understand. If, it. if Joe Person and Diana Rossini and their headline editor at the Athletic went instead of Hunger Games atmosphere at Bank of America Stadium, it went, you know, the scenes to Frank Reich's firing, chaos is a ladder. Mm. Would that have, would that Applicable, have been the hook? Right? Yeah. Would that yeah. have been the hook? Yes. All right, you would have been on that one. So I spent I spent last night going through it's a it was it's a 12 minute read okay through Pocket which is a read later app that I use it'll tell you how long the read typically lasts most stories will last 3 5 minutes this was a 12 minute deep dive into what happened behind the scenes and I had three takeaways ultimately three takeaways from this piece that was well sourced the first one is I don't think that as much as they've tried to position the Bryce Young acquisition, the draft pick, what they did to go get him, I don't think it's as 
universal as they've been trying to make it out to be. Or it just could be on my way out the door, more hunger games. I'm going to CYA on my own for the next job. That's entirely possible based on the sourcing of this story. So when we talked to JJ from CBS Sports, he's like, everybody wanted the pick. There was no dissension. When we talked to Mike K, yeah, that was the pick. David Tepper, for as goofy as that press conference was, and he brought Messi to Charlotte. Thank you, David Tepper. He was at like, no, everybody was on the same page. But reading this story, I get the sense that not everybody in that building, based on what they saw so far this season, thinks that Bryce Young is the answer. I think you and I are on the same page with Bryce Young, that it's way too early to tell with Bryce Young. Way too early. I know you think he's not that guy, but I think in today's NFL environment, you don't have to be that guy. You can be a Tua Tungavailoa and operate the offense with a guy like Tyreek Hill. You Now, does that absolve them moving up to get Bryce Young and everything else? I get all that part. You, your takeaway from this story, though, was you actually were trying to find ways to defend David that's Tepper? My third, or that's like, my third takeaway. Let him off the hook a that little was my, bit? That was my third takeaway. Okay. That's my third takeaway. So the, I'm, I'm setting it up to get there because the first, again, the first big takeaway was Bryce Young related. And there are people in that building that don't think he's the guy. Sure. And they're worried about his footwork. And I think there was some blurbs about how they felt Frank, Frank Reich wasn't hard enough on him. They were protecting him too much, which gets to my second point. It's pretty clear that whether it's a break it, you buy it, whether you truly believe Bryce Young is the guy, whatever it is, Frank Reich needed to go now because they're absolutely worried or they were worried about breaking Bryce Young further. Because you've been asking this question, what do you gain out of yeah. firing Frank Reich? Yeah, this isn't now? like you get rid of Jimbo Fisher so you can get in line to hire the coach that you want in college football for signing day. Totally get that. I think based on this story, the reason why they got rid of him is because if they're going to save Bryce Young, if, they, if they're if they going to get what they expect out of Bryce Young, they cannot break him right now. Who's to say, if you think it's, it's one of those, if you think it's bad now, What's it going to be like five games from now? Do you run into the danger of breaking this top pick and never being able to develop him further? And I think the way that Frank Reich played this all out with, remember there was a story from JJ earlier in the year about throwing too much at him. They got to simplify things. Well, let's go to the play calling. All right, we're going to, we're building up to Thomas Brown. They give it to Thomas Brown. They win a game. All right, let's go with it. Three games later, they yank it back. Joe Person to his credit, ripped Frank Reich for that entire thing, that entire ordeal. You can't say this is what you're building to him. We trust in Thomas. This is awesome. And then take it back from him thinking that it's not going to, you know, that people aren't going to forget it, that people aren't going to be hurt. Thomas Brown clearly bothered by this or that it could potentially affect yet another change in the system, another change in the approach for Bryce Young, who I'm guessing when he was at Alabama with Nick Saban, you didn't deal with this much turmoil and this much change in a given state, right? So I think that's why they had to fire him now. Which gets to my third point. (laughs) I I don't know if you help me out here. I don't know if it's a defense of David Tepper, but more of a, maybe we're focusing on the wrong things. I'm starting to think, based on this well-reported story from Joe Person, it's not that David Tepper is meddlesome. I think David Tepper is like any other owner in the NFL where this is their main thing. You're like, what, you don't think Jerry Jones knows what's going yeah, on? Yep. Yeah, don't use the 
Okay. Exception as the rule. What's the guy in Washington, Jay, whatever? I forgot the guy's name. Is it Jay Harris? I think it the is. The new guy. The new guy up in Washington, like they're not involved. Everybody's involved. I mean, that's just what it is. That's that's the nature of the beast in the NFL. Everybody's involved. But like Robert Kraft wasn't involved with the day-to-day and uh, keeping tabs with Bill Belichick. I'm just saying, man, when he wasn't hanging out with Meek Mill or maybe when he was hanging yeah, out with I, Meek I, Mill. I can't speak for all 32 teams. Do I, do I think this is abnormal? I do. Yes, so, I do. So to that point, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt and say it's not abnormal for the owner to know what's going on with all these things. It could just be that he's not meddlesome. It could just be that he's incompetent. We do this a lot. We confuse incompetence for some 4D chess, that there's some sort of game theory going on for why they might be bad at this. We see this all the time with Silicon Valley tech bros. We're lighting millions on fire, billions on fire. What are they really trying to do? What's the game theory? No, they're just bad at this. They're not as brilliant as you thought they were. Happens a lot in this business. Now, I think that Tepper was right to get rid of Ron Rivera. I think Tepper was right to want to get rid of Matt Rule. He should have done it earlier, but eventually he knew, all right, I got to move on. I think he was he was right based on the pieces that were putting together that it was time to get for, rid of Frank Reich now. The question is, the incompetence that he's shown in putting the right person in place, will he eventually get to a point where he will put that right person in place? When you look at, and I was texting with somebody uh, that's close to the Panthers about this last night, that. David Tepper is fighting a battle that he cannot win perception-wise because there are people like Frank Reich that the NFL just likes. Yeah. The, like the way it was positioned to me is that NFL people cannot comprehend firing Frank Reich because he's so well-liked. And it was universally lauded. Let's not act like hiring Frank Reich wasn't mostly like 99% lauded as the right thing and they needed the stability. But in actual execution, it's pretty clear it wasn't working. He wasn't the right guy. It wasn't a good fit. So I'm not going to fault David Tepper for moving on from that poor fit. Again, I don't know if I'm defending Frank, if I'm defending David Tepper. Yeah, I mean, you can't read an article and be like, well, I changed my mind because, you know, some unnamed sources that were probably the people who were let go. But maybe it's not changing my mind. I guess what I'm I'm getting at is you you say it's okay to move on from Rivera when they did. When mm -hmm. when you make a decision, you're trying to right a situation, right? Mm -hmm. Like. Last year, when he got rid of rule, he should have gotten rid of rule in the off season, but it was early enough in the season that he could actually potentially save the year. Mm-hmm. There's no saving this year, the year with Rivera, there was no saving the year. True. So in the NFL, you paint yourself. You are what your decisions say you are. You are what your record says you are. If you're firing Rivera for no reason in the middle of the year, then you're, you're impetuous. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you don't know when it's time to get rid of Matt Rule and then you get rid of him at the wrong time, you're dumb. And now if you're getting rid of Reich after 12, after 11 games, for what reason? Now, if you want to advance, it, if he really wanted to advance this as the reason he did it, mm-hmm. he should have come out and said straight up, Bryce Young is our number one asset. We have to protect Bryce Young. Frank is failing Bryce Young. And I view this as a way to try to potentially save and protect Bryce Young. Yes. He should have said that. Not some story in the athletic. He let us speculate. He ultimately let us speculate. So there you go. So you want to defend them? That's fine. But I don't, these moves, they weren't good moves. They weren't the right moves. Yeah. And the the beauty of him owning the team and getting to make the choices is he gets to make another move and he can save himself. Look, man, I was just trying to workshop it. That's fine. I'm just trying to workshop a way that maybe David Tepper isn't as meddlesome as we were making him out to me. He he might just be bad. 
at it. That's all. There's a difference. There's both. There, yeah. there is a difference. Yeah. There is a difference. You know who's not bad at things? Graffiti. They're really good at Excellent picking bourbon. at getting bourbon. Excellent at getting bourbon. So head on over to Downtown Cary. It's a wonderful time to head to Downtown Cary right now. It's all done up for Christmas. And Graffiti's got the drinks that you want to check out. They got a wonderful cocktail menu. Great mixed drinks. But the bourbon is why you want to go. The bourbon's fantastic. And they got break-even nights on Tuesdays. Bourbon specials on Sundays for football. And who knows, maybe we'll do uh, an axe throwing event at some point here in the near future. On December 28th. Just, just something to Randomly. consider. Out of nowhere. You, you, you never know. Big thanks to State Farm, Matt Davis. Call him a call right now at 919-779-8277, insuregarner.com or theoginsurance.com to save on insurance. Car, home, they got it. I've been a State Farm customer for a long time. Hit up Matt Davis today. You said some things are 2024 issues. Well, here's an idea. Save yourself some money in 2024. Hit up Matt Davis. 919-779-8277. See where you can save some money in your home insurance and your auto insurance. Heck, maybe even your pet insurance. You got to take care of those little guys too. 919-779-8277. Head on over to homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code OG23 right now to stock up on Christmas. Stock and stuffers. Great throwback t-shirts. If you just want a comfortable hoodie, they got the home field collection as well. I think they got 20% off right now with the home they field got a collection. a lot of things going on, particularly if you use the app. Yes. You could save yourself some more money. So head on over to homefieldapparel.com and get your goodies today. Move on. Hanging out with us in studio is Lauren Brownlow. That Brownlow lady. You like our new sticker? I love it, actually. I, I love this so much. Although, again, as as. Jillio pointed out to me, I did get the quote wrong, but it's too late now. I mean, it's I actually just, think this shit, works. Be because, happy, but because it applies to more things. I agree. You know what I mean? I like, agree. come on. <laughs> so let's talk about the Tar Heels in basketball. I've been told by Tar Heel people that I have this wrong. It's it's not about last year. It's about a larger issue that's faced North Carolina basketball the last couple of years. Something that North I mean, Carolina basketball that, has lacked. Yeah. Yes. And you and I were texting about this yesterday when I said, hey, what time are you coming in? X, Y, Z. And you said, yeah, this team just has that BDE. Okay. I can explain. Please Maybe explain. that's not the best Expl- way of putting it. Explain the UNC BDE. Specifically, it's a thing that they've lacked, I would argue, for mm-hmm. the last, if you want to say, like five years. Right? Give or take. Sure. They've kind of lacked that. And what that is, to me, maybe that's not the right word. Maybe it's, um, I've heard somebody say about, like, Harrison Ingram's game, which I thought was a perfect way of describing it. He has some fuck you to it. Mm-hmm. And this Carolina team has some fuck you mm-hmm. to it. And they have not had that in you know a little bit here. And I think that is, like, this team is flawed. It's going to have its issues. Oh, of it's, course. It's going to lose games here and there, you know. But, like, they will fight. And that is not, I mean, think I, I, what sticks out to me, for instance, is, like, when Carolina played Kentucky in Vegas, you know, a couple years. Was it two years ago now? I think it was two years ago. They just got, oh, yeah, they, yeah. got they got punked. Hubert's like, I saw year. it. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, they got punked in that game. They were intimidated. They backed down mm. like it, and, and it wasn't the first time. It wasn't the last time we would see that out of them. Right. And now this team, you know, they may play badly for some stretches and whatever, but they fight. They continue to fight. They stick in games even when they're not playing well. Do they always make the perfect decision? No, not necessarily. But the, and they'll get they'll get a little nasty. They don't back down 
easily. And you see teams testing them mm-hmm. because that was their rep is mm-hmm. that they're they're going to back down if you rough them up a little bit. And this Carolina team is here to say, no, absolutely not. Well, we'll find out very soon. Not that their schedule hasn't been amazing, right. but you know what the litmus test for that is, is when Pitt gets here on January 2nd. Oh, well, oh they're nemesis. Or they go there. They go there, January <laughs> but 2nd. But still, that's the game same where applies. you're like, oh. Yeah, you know, that's you, been you their got, nemesis. You got the Capel brothers telling you, you're soft. <laughs> for <laughs> right. sure. Right? For, no, okay. Yeah, there's definitely an element there for sure. But like Tennessee was the team that yeah. I thought was a big barometer for them. Like, And I, you could tell Tennessee thought they would come in there and get kind of physical with them and they would back down. And Carolina was like, uh-uh. No, we'll give it to you as good as you're giving it to us. And so I think that is kind of what they ha- what an element that this team has that it's lacked in recent years. And I think that plus having an elite passer, mm-hmm. which is something Carolina Carolina hasn't had a passer like Cadeau in quite some time. You've heard me complain about the fact that they have had no really like the last great passer or like good, even like very good passer they have had is Theo Pitson. Like full stop. That was the last one. And then the last like elite point guard passer was Kendall Marshall. Yeah, M- Marshall was the last elite level guy that they had. As Although, a pure passer. As a right. pure passer. That's what I mean. I think, again, because people get caught up in new. I, it's interesting that we're having this conversation. And for for basketball fans of a certain age, these names will, will roll off the tongue. I think for younger fans, they're looking for the next Kobe White. That's the thing. Well, except he's not a scorer. Right. And they don't need that. They don't need that. They though. don't need that from from this team. And by the way, if you want the next, I mean, I'm not saying RJ Davis is Kobe White. He's I'm not. not saying that. But he is clearly a lot more comfortable in his role right now. It actually has made me wonder a little bit, like, on behalf of a guy like Caleb Love, mm-hmm. like, how much would he be playing differently if he had a dude that was, like, setting him up as well as Cadeau is capable of setting everybody up? And the ball just moves so much more fluidly now. It doesn't really get stuck as often as you saw it get stuck mm-hmm. last year. They have guys that move without the basketball, like Harrison Ingram, Cormac Ryan has they, been they fantastic. They sped their game up, too. Yes. You know, like, it was just painful at times to watch. Oh, it was so brutal. It was ex- yeah. Slot. At times, like, that's not yeah. Carolina. No, no. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's okay if another team wants to go all full Wisconsin or, or Virginia, your favorite. But, like, Carolina can't do that. I don't know why we're even... Carolina can't do that. You know enough about offenses to know they're not even, like... <laughs> it's ridiculous. This is why I can't talk to people who just blindly hate Virginia basketball, because I'm like... Because they bring up things like that, and then I'll be like, do you watch Clemson? What do you think of them? And this they'll year? be like, no, not you, uh, but, like, uh, in no, general. I'm saying this year? I'm, I, not this year specifically, in general, but, like, Clemson basketball, That's a lot terrible. of years. It, okay, well, yeah. most people will be like, what? What'd Clemson do? It's like, oh, you don't care about them? Why? You care about Virginia because hey, they you, they you, beat you? You put some respect on Clemson's name. I, I know. Undefeated. No, Clemson's playing well this beat year. Beat South Carolina They've got some nice night. pieces. These I, are things that we've been talking and about. And good for Brad Brownell for not face planning in the non-con. Like, that has been a thing that has Clutch. been an issue for They're them. They're in, baby. That, that's been an issue for, for in. Clemson in the past where they face planted in the mm-hmm. non-con, All hurt they- everybody else's net. All they needed was the mighty gemstone from the traveling Bayheim show to get there. <laughs> Gerard. <laughs> No, I, thought, I, I did think of you. They played Virginia. I mean, we could just sidetrack here. They scored 41 points against Virginia this year in 2023. Then they won a basketball game where they scored 59 in a game that was really important when they beat Texas A&M. It's okay that you love Virginia, but you love like the best version of Virginia. Like those guys are gone. Right, I love. Joe uh, Harris is here's gone. Here's my thing. I you know, like the, when the, I, the guys who were good are gone. Again, guy, that guy. When I gone. understand guy, what yeah, they're yeah. doing offensively, and I do, it makes it easier for me to follow and appreciate and enjoy, even if they don't always have the guys to pull it off as beautifully as some of the guys they've had in the past. At least I understand what they're attempting to do and why. You know what I mean? Whereas a lot of teams on offense I watch and I go, why? What yeah. are you trying to do here? They're Iowa. 
When they don't have the pieces, they're Iowa. Oh, my God. They're Iowa football. <laughs> Seriously. No, they want to win with defense. I mean, it's fine. They want just... to They want to like play a low possession. Right, but Iowa, defend. they're not bad on offense on, like, on purpose. Yeah. That's yeah, not a that's thing. It's, it's absolutely not a that's thing. Fair. They Speaking. have a plan that they're trying to execute. Speaking of defense. You can have a plan. Doesn't mean you're any good at it without any skill. I, th- I do think that the, the, the issue with Carolina is size and uh, inconsistency on defense. Uh, that's being kind. Yeah, I'm going to go with inconsistency <laughs> on defense. Well, they because because turnovers. Because like that's they... the thing. In the Florida State game, the turning point in that game well, was. Part, yeah. But again, I know. The, the point of that turnaround for Carolina in that game, which is the game that a lot of people pointed to. And again, the motto, in my opinion, for UNC is they would have dot, dot, dot last year. Right, right, right. They pressed. It, yep. it created the turnovers. They got their offense going and it turned things around. That, yes. I think that's where your BDE point comes into play, too, because they weren't going to like we're not going to lose this damn game. Yes, they, Ar- they, they had that moment in that game. Armando yeah. Baycott, I pointed this out on yesterday's show. Yeah. Was UConn better than them? Yes. yes. Is UConn a national title contender? Yes. yes. <laughs> we don't know that about Carolina. But Armando Baycott was not going to get punked in that game. And he took a technical, in my opinion, just to show that he wasn't going to get punked. I don't know. I don't know if he thought he was going to get one for that, to be no, fair. I think, <laughs> I, no, 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 no. You think he did? I think he did. I think I think he was, if I get it, I get it. I don't care. Well, okay, yeah, that's probably true. So that's that's the... That's Either the, way, it's a good tech, if you want to call it that. Duke, yeah. on the other hand... I don't know, man. They're I, not exuding the BDE right now. Not that we saw at the end of last year. Right. Yeah. And and look, we do see it take a while with Duke sometimes, right? We do. Yeah. New pieces, freshmen sometimes. Sometimes we see it take a while to like fall into place. But I think like the thing that's missing, at least early this season, is like you just keep waiting for Duke because they're Duke, right? To just make that one or two more plays. Like in the Arkansas game, they just kept hanging, hanging, hanging around. Mm -hmm. And every time it seemed like, okay, they have the ball, they have the chance to take the lead. Like they just couldn't do it. And then they kind of run out of gas by the end. I also am not, I'm a little unsure of what it is they're trying to accomplish offensively. I wouldn't go as far as to say like, I have no idea, but it's also like, like their offensive half court possessions have been a bit of a mess. Mm -hmm. To this point, and it's they are a good defensive team, and I think that's what's kept them in a lot of these games. But I think offensively, they have um, they have a ways to go, and then it doesn't hurt to lose Proctor. Obviously, I was gonna say they got to figure out how to get Proctor back to his form from Oof. the end of last year. He, he's been the biggest issue. But they they just don't have a lot. Yeah, because like I, Roach has played well, I think for yeah. the most part. But. I have the same questions about Duke ultimately that I have about Carolina. Who's gonna make a shot when you need someone to make a shot? I think I know the I answer. I think there's for more for Carolina than yeah, yeah. like they're yeah, more but, like Okay. Yes, in the ACC, fine. RJ but Davis, the Harrison standard, Ingram. No, no, no. The standard for Carolina, as you just saw against UConn. Sure. Yeah. UConn had like five guys. Sure. Right, 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 right. Like right. if you're gonna have Cormac Ryan and Cadeau on the floor and Ryan needs to make and whoever threes. else on on the floor, <laughs> he's gotta make just be, and Baycott's not gonna make a shot. So no, you got no. RJ Davis and Ingram. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, you, UConn had four guys who was gonna make a shot. Uh, yeah, I got you. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if you want to be on this standard, right, that's right. your standard. Yeah, so I don't think anybody's when I look placing at, UNC on that standard. No, no, yet, no. But that's where they want to be. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, right. Sure. That's where Duke wants to be. Yeah. And I have the same well, question about both of them. I don't know who the one guy is for Duke. Uh, Philip Paski is their that's bus driver. It. Yeah. But sometimes they forget that he's driving the bus. <laughs> they do. And that's kind of the issue that I've had with them is when I've watched. No. No. Not he's over Filipowski. She's. I mean. I can't wait for Carolina and Duke to play because they're very similar. Yeah. You know, yeah. Ingram being the X factor. They both have they rebounding have that, issues right now. Yeah. Yeah. Size, you know, but 
But Duke's better defensively right now, and Carolina's way better offensively. Yes. So that's what would And make I love it Davis. Like, Davis is better than Roach. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you think what, so? that's yeah, what Roach is supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, I, I think so. In yeah, theory. I guess so. You know? Yeah. Okay. Cadeau, you know, Proctor, Cadeau. Cadeau's cool. You know, he's he's had his growing pains. You've seen <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. And he needs to shoot a higher percentage from the foul line. Like, that can't. Yeah. Yes. But even Armando Baker was 5 of 10 from the foul line, and that lost to UConn. Like, they just well, didn't no, have no, no. I mean, night. but Cadeau in general, he's in like general. 60% or something. Yeah. Like, you're the point guard. They got to have the yeah. ball in your hands late. If yeah. you can't make a free throw, that's not good. Yeah, I don't think Hubert Davis is going to have a moment this season where he complains about, we only got to the line X times. Like, we expect to get to the line X times. No, I don't like, think I, they're going to have that I don't problem think they're this year. Have and they have had it in recent years. That's part of speeding up. And mm-hmm. going to the and basket, and, and and they've they've done so much more attacking, like yeah. you know, getting into the paint. And last year they would just kind of pass around the perimeter for yeah. a while. Someone might dribble Let's a lot jack one up, and jack you know? up. Yeah, exactly. So I was on Reddit as one who is extremely online tends to do, <laughs> and I was scrolling and I came across across the college football subreddit, and there was a story with a speculation that with the Orange Bowl press conference, oh being canceled like it was like a sudden they're cancellation gonna, for an orange bowl press availability they're gonna play the game it got people going it got the people going it's provocative to think that florida state and all the stuff that's happened this week no. and everybody being mad about being left out of the college football playoff that they would protest <laughs> yes. and not play in the hey, orange bowl you know when you protest when you're not leaving what is it six mil on the table it may uh, how yeah, much i mean there's bowl money there but it's that's why they all agreed to the college football playoff format that they did because it's, it's not this isn't 1997 when uh-huh. carolina lost to virginia and it cost the league 10 sure, million dollars sure, for, sure, for them sure. not making the fiesta Bowl. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not that um boy that would be fascinating but i don't know why people aren't acting like carolina wasn't the one that broke the orange bowl because they did with, Wait, no, with their opt-outs in 2020 when oh, oh, oh. carolina hadn't been to a major bowl game since 1950 oh right and then right no one nobody no one wanted to play yeah, how play. played in the game with josh downs right like before we knew who josh downs was yeah like, that was it and so that, why, that, why are people like now like acting like oh the bowls are broken but what's like christian mccaffrey said out of a bowl yeah. game. like yeah. i don't understand like he's been in the nfl now for how many years like i don't i don't get that part because like i get your point about North Carolina and the Orange Bowl. Well, what's funny about that, though, is that all those guys who did play are the reason why people were optimistic about UNC going into the next year. Greatest because it was like, look at, these, look at these guys that are getting time. This is one of the greatest. Core. <laughs> Sorry. And look, did Josh Downs not live up out, to the bill? Right. He bought, yeah. dude pulled out. So, Wolf I, blood. I, how about this? How about Florida State opts out entirely Orange Bowl and claims a national, national championship? championship. I don't see. That's the thing, though. Like, Love I, it. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> just, I, I just will say this. It. I like because if it's all about projecting, like, well, we feel you would have been run out of the college football playoff you know, without say, Jordan Travis. Like, well, we feel with our defense right. and what we've done, we feel that we would have won, and we are going to claim. So, if it's all based on feelings, because that's all this is, that's but all I college do, football is I about. I do genuinely think that they could potentially swing some AP people, like if the wrong team won at all. I th- like if a team that wasn't undefeated going yeah. in won at all, and like yeah. they wouldn't. Uh, but like, let's say they beat Georgia by like beat the crap oh, out of Georgia. A, uh, like, do you not think some AP voters would go? You know what? But the like, AP the AP changed the rules after the BCS AP fiasco in what two thousand three? What was it? USC uh, and who? You can still no. You can vote for whoever you, vote for you want. Number but one. I I thought that the AP switched it over Mm-mm. after that when no, they had a split national championship. Whoever. Was it LSU and USC? Who was it? 
Auburn? Yeah. It was Auburn. Thank you. No, no, no. You had it. You had USC and LSU? LSU. That was oh, the sport oh, national championship? One, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, people got mad at me in 2011 when Alabama and LSU had a rematch. And I said, oh, I, I am not I automatically this. voting for the winner of this game. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Because LSU already beat Alabama this year. <laughs> like, right. why do I have to butt? Why, am I, why do I have to base my vote on the outcome of this game? Aren't, you, oh, you, aren't I supposed to be voting about the, the entire days? season? You remember those days when uh, those that epic battle was just a defensive struggle? Yeah. So remember that? Real football Nine fans. to six. Right. Nine to six. It Real wasn't at all fans. to do with Horrible offensive no, quarterback no, no, play. No, 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 no. Real football fans love that game. It right. was the broad but if kicker you, ended up with like How far have we come the now that, that Florida State now was being like demoted for its But yeah, look, man, if Central Florida did it when they went undefeated and weren't included and uh, they had their claim to oh, national championship. Sure. I mean, look, you know how we, claim, Auburn is the I just kings. think the claim is yes. stronger. Oh, Alabama. Yes. I think the claim is stronger. You know, it's not strong either way because, mm-hmm. like, we already have an official national. But whatever. I, I think, like, the people's champ could be a thing, but I let's think they it. would have to play in and win the on the orange. So I really do. If they, okay, let's right? take, I mean, Don't you think literally Carolina has a banner from a basketball year that, like, Oh, it's the Helms, well, the Helms Foundation. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it was that's Tommy, how college football yeah. basically used yes. to do it for I think, years. I think it was actually Tommy Tuberville who said the year that they were unbeaten and weren't included. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah. "If Golf Magazine says we're number one, I'll put up a banner Which, like, that says we were national champs." And, and there are so like, look at how many seasons like multiple multiple college football teams are yeah. like we're national. No, champs. no, we were the national right. champs. We exactly. Were. And, like, no, 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 who's to say? Right. I think we should go back to that. <laughs> the New York Times computer poll said we were. <laughs> Okay, so right. here's, 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 what, I, so here's what I propose. It's so sloppy, actually. Like, why is college football the only sport that's like this? Because they live off of it. That's what they want. Plus, it's because it was as intended. It's supposed to right. be regional. Like, these teams weren't no, all supposed true. to play each other. Although yeah. there used to be, like, a 24-team Southern Conference or something like yeah. that, like, way beautiful. back in the day. Yeah. Beautiful, right? <laughs> With, like, Sawani and Tennessee And that's how the ACC was born. <laughs> right, they were broke right. off from that conference. And now the <laughs> ACC is going back in that If direction. you look back at some of those conferences, like, the teams in it, you're like, what? What, what is this? But I, here's, we'll close our conversation here on <laughs> Why? This. Why, exactly. <laughs> Let us ruminate. Florida State fans have been mad at us since the us? summer yeah because of the oh, oh because you know, we, we want to leave stop. and we told them to stop and you know stop, stop your whinging and be florida state which okay. they did which they did. to their credit yeah. yeah so if they have to you're right they have to beat georgia but i know what the conversation is going to be if they beat georgia well georgia wasn't motivated oh, yeah, yeah. you know i don't care i'm over that care. they can yeah. shove it at don't this care. point i don't care how un- why weren't they were clearly unmotivated against alabama too because kirby smart is afraid of nick saban so Oops. let's Let's throw a parade I mean, for Florida State fans that live in the area. Oh, our guy Chase. Yeah. There you Still. go. We'll do it down Fayetteville Street. I'll be I'll I'll go. I'll see if Charles Meeker's around. He's not the mayor anymore, but he's the one who gives out <laughs> keys to the city. For real? Well, no. I mean, this goes back to the gate. It's an old gate. Mary Baldwin will Marion Bell will do yeah. it there. So we Friend of the program. we make it Florida State Day in Raleigh, Florida State Fan Day in Raleigh. Yes. When they beat Georgia, sure. right? That would be hysterical. We down with that? Yeah, let's do it. That's the funniest possible thing is if they beat Georgia. I would laugh incredibly (laughs) hard. I don't see how at this point, but like I would rather that they did protest and just didn't play. That would be awesome. You think so? Yeah, I would love that. But all they're going to then they'll just be called quitters and like all of that. And then then it'll be like, oh, you were afraid or whatever. Stupid tracks. No, I would not play and say it doesn't matter. You, You said it doesn't matter what happens on the field. So we're not playing. We finished our year. 
We're ACC mm-hmm. champs. We're yeah. we're thirteen and zero. I'm not saying I we're would blame them if hey, they did it. Florida State basketball has already claimed a championship from yeah. a game that wasn't played. I yeah. mean, they literally were handed the trophy by John Swafford in the I, pandemic year. To be fair, I'll allow that. Nah, I know they had the best <laughs> record in the ACC that year. They, they could be the ACC champions. I don't know why they had to get the ACC tournament champions. I, I mean, whatever. Was Clemson really winning that? No, no, that was the first round See, game. Though. Lauren. Oh, 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 but yeah, that's true. You're right. Yeah, you're round, right. You're right. That was the second. Game. You're right. Lauren, I'm sorry. You're now playing that game. See, I was like, they would have won. I don't know. That was a joke, though. I know. No, I would absolutely not play in the football game. <laughs> If I was Florida State, it tracks for Florida. You basically say, Florida say State stop wants to go independent anyway. Let them go do whatever they want to go do. I don't. They have no path to that. Let them do it. Go go live football as as Luke likes to call it. Go where, do it. Where are they getting money to be independent? Somebody, somebody will Doesn't pay matter. money. Somebody will do it. I don't know if it's anyone that's loyal to them. That's the problem, right? Well, hey, do what you got to do. Run your own race. Go, start a GoFundMe. They, 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 they absolutely. That's what, basically, they've already done that. That's what NILs are called. Yeah. Those are go, those are glorified <laughs> GoFundMe. Those are GoFundMe for tax. the players, though, yeah. not for your exit fees. <laughs> no, no. The, the easy way around the exit fees. It was a gift for our our library, mm-hmm. and or this is your signing bonus. Yeah, that's what it is. We, they just gave Colorado, somebody just the Big Twelve just gave Colorado a signing bonus. Mm-hmm. So as I explained to Holden bonus. Thorpe, listen, you can Butch Davis this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a coach. I'm the executive assistant to the regional director. I don't coach the team. <laughs> that's right. I'm not a member of this conference. You just gave me a, a gift for our library. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, Lauren. It just so out. happens to match the Big Ten uh, television contract. Right, right. Who's, like, to, who's to say? Who's to We're say? We're not taking any of that. All right, Lauren. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Big thanks to Hometown Realty for sponsoring Ovias and Gilio. Check them out at myhtr.com. Again, that's myhtr.com. And you can check out Whitaker and Hamer as well. If you're going to be closing on a house, closing on a refinance, if you need to, or if you happen to try, if you have any sort of like traffic issues, but I'm doing the tandem here, hometown realty, new construction key for them. And then when it's time to close, head on over to Whitaker and Hamer. That was the part I didn't realize. We, we've been talking about how hometown realty is involved in more than 60% of their business mm-hmm. is it new construction. Here's the thing about new construction, which I hadn't considered until my friends over at Hometown Realty explained it to me. Builders are offering buyer incentives. Not only that, in this market, they'll even have a rate buy-down options. So, you you know, the best way to get into new construction, you're not going to be able to pick up the phone and call the builder. You got to go through Hometown Realty. Go to myhtr.com. You buy, you sell, calculate. <laughs> Joining us on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline from the News and Observer, he is Andrew Carter. Andrew is our chief, who's the best program in the state correspondent. That's right. And he, I, I like how you couched it this week. Or no, it was back at the beginning of the month when you wrote about the end of the regular season. And you described NC State as out of the big four, clearly the best program <laughs> in North Carolina. I see what you did there, Andrew. I'm glad people are paying attention. Thank you for that. <laughs> but this gets us to the other thing that you wrote about and the the time to retire, the, the sleeping giant moniker for North Carolina. 
And I know our, our friend Lauren Brownlow had done a podcast series about the sleeping giant. And the one thing that cracks me up is that there's no verifiable proof that Bobby Bowden ever said North Carolina is a sleeping giant. It's, it's like the Kaiser Soze quote of the ACC. It's just, it is. Rumor. you know, that was a great, and yeah, that was a great podcast. Uh, so there was a story with it, which I read, I think a couple stories at least. Um, and as I was trying to track down that quote, I think I might've started with the thing that, that Lauren did. And I read mm-hmm. through that. Um, and then that sent me down like a rabbit hole on newspapers.com. You know, I'm a, I'm a big <laughs> newspapers.com guy. Oh, can... By the way, by the way, why is it that, I mean, my archive system isn't great. Don't get me wrong. Oh, don't please. No, but no, why no, can't no, I find just shit stop. on the internet, please, man. Just stop. Please just stop. Don't. Uh, well, it's a great question, Andrew um, and Luke. With we, certain topics, this is we, like no. I want to know. No, I want to know no. why I can't. When like when I was but, doing what, research, when I was doing this research, is like, this is like why do I have to do a remote from the aluminum company? Like, <laughs> come on, man, don't do it. Don't do it to him. It's not Sorry, nice. it, it is. I refuse to let you do it. Okay. That can be the special Obvious podcast. We talk about yeah. that and, yeah. uh, and <laughs> Star Wars and media rights. And- oh, he, he casually dropped some game in yesterday that I was like, Pikmin, buddy, yeah, on, on the Nintendo. Nobody knows, buddy. Yeah, what no, are we doing? Uh, on the Nintendo. All right. But anyway, long story short, <laughs> I couldn't find it. I couldn't find the quote from Bowden. Why is Florida State obs- obsessed with Carolina, by the way? You got Sam Cassell, which you, you wrote a great story about. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did actual hear quote. The wine, the cheese and wine, mm-hmm. crowd, and wine. which is the yeah. actual quote. Yeah. And now, allegedly, Bobby Bowden is the one that's attributing Carolina to being a Apparently. sleeping giant. That Apparently. is very interesting. I wish I had made that connection and whatever it was I wrote. That's a great point about this. That was Virginia Tech who was obsessed with North Carolina. They both are. Yeah, it's true. They both are. I can see Bowden saying it. Like, you know, like. Sure. Just kind of like, oh, yeah. buddy, oh, buddy, they're a sleeping giant, buddy. Tell you what. But this but gets us. This gets no us proof. This gets us to the to the point of this conversation. We're real long wind up to get to the point of this conversation. It's a podcast show. It's apologies. Okay. Apologies. <laughs> so w- the NCAA, for context purposes, the NCAA, Charlie Baker, their president, put forth a proposal that would essentially create college football super conferences. Just cut to the chase here. And Joe started to write down on the yellow pad. I'm like, all right, well, like, what's a viable list of college football teams, programs that actually, with the money, elevate to this level and be able to compete? And I, I was thinking about Joe putting this thought experiment together. And then what you wrote about UNC and the Sleeping Giant, nobody ever doubts North Carolina's financial ability to do things. But I question North Carolina's actual want to when it comes to football. That's ultimately why they have not been this program that people fear. Is just I don't think there's a want to level when it comes. And the last time they did, it got them in trouble, and they sold they sold they sold Butch Davis out. I mean, honestly, Butch Davis to me was the actual time they tried to get serious about football. It blew up in their face, and they had to protect basketball. Yeah. I, you know, I think there's some truth to that. I've had conversations with Bubba Cunningham, the AD at UNC, about this over the years. And I mean, what else do you expect them to say um, in one respect? And that, you know, he says, we're all in. Uh, we, you know, we invest as much as we possibly can. We're committed to this sport. And I do think, yeah, the Butch Davis experiment obviously ended in catastrophic fashion. For UNC, it was an embarrassment. Uh, I think a lot of the old school Bill Friday esque folks 
maybe in some ways we're vindicated in that, you know, th- there's been sort of a sense of uh, football bad, <laughs> perhaps at Carolina, or at least big time football is bad. Uh, and there you go. You see what happened under Butch. But I do think when they brought Mac back, you know, I, I think they did have to make some concessions here and there in terms of getting guys into school. Maybe that always could not have gotten back into into school back in the day at Carolina. I think, um, you know, it was so stringent during the Fedora years, uh, which I covered in terms of academic support, tutoring, that kind of stuff, all the stuff that kind of got them in hot water years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they They almost went too much the opposite direction of making sure they weren't doing anything where I think guys nowadays get more of the academic support stuff that they would get anywhere uh, where UNC maybe was afraid of that for a while, but you know, it's changed under Mac. I think they're getting kids in there that maybe would have been a challenge, frankly. Uh, You know, you can't, (laughs) you can't name names. These are things that are sort of talked about a little bit. You know, there's a difference between things that are talked about and things you can write about Mm -hmm. in a black and white way. But, you know, I think that's going on. You know, the issue with UNC to me uh, always has been, do they have the amount of, you know, big time boosters who are committed to football? We know that they do in basketball, but do they have that commitment from, you know, some of these folks that are all about it when it comes to basketball? Does that carry over to football? And I'm not sure it does, frankly. I mean, I think that Mac Brown has his, you know, his old school fans among the big money folks who, who played a big role in bringing him back. But do they have that depth of booster support? You know, everyone knows about like T. Boone Pickens at Oklahoma State, uh, you know, and some of these guys around the country. We know about Wendell Murphy um, at NC State. But who are these big time like football boosters at Carolina? Uh, and like, I can't name any, I mean, there, you know, there's some folks whose names are on buildings over mm-hmm. there who helped build the indoor facility and get some of these facilities built in recent years, but do they have that depth, uh, of booster support? Just, you know, UNC, obviously it's a great academic institution. There's so much going on there beyond sports. And I think a lot of their big money contributors, frankly, might not care a great deal. Uh, about sports and especially college football. And to me, I think that's always been one of the issues and, and one of the answers to the question of how come they're not better uh, in this one sport. I, I just think there's not that complete buy-in from the money folks. I think it is slightly unfair to Carolina to say that they don't care or that they don't have enough money in football. No, I never said they don't have enough money. <clears throat> they have the money. But the, the want to part... There is a reality to football. Mm -hmm. There is a supply and demand reality to football. Texas being in the national championship this week, this year, Mm -hmm. is not by accident. TCU being in the national championship the year before is not by accident. Matt Rule robbing and raping David Tepper of $60 million was not by accident. It's because he was in the state of Texas where there's a ton of talent. Okay. So the state of North Carolina, unlike the state of Texas, unlike the state of Florida, does not have 
does not team mm-hmm. with one double one a talent that you can just stockpile your roster with. You bring up Butch Davis. Butch Davis had Willis McGahee, a two-star from Orlando. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was pretty damn good. He was also the fourth-string running back. It wasn't like we went out and got the guy because we thought he was going to be Willis McGahee. Sure. You went out and got the guy because, well, that's what you did. When all of the pie gets cut up in the state of North Carolina, as it always does, North Carolina's problem is NC State. North Carolina's problem is App State. North Carolina's problem is ECU. North Carolina's problem, North Carolina's real problem is Notre Dame, yeah, let's get Ohio out of, let's State, get out of the state. Florida, yeah. Clemson, whoever, Alabama, whoever comes in here and gets whoever they want, whenever they want. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah, I agree with that. You could sit here it's and act like, you know, you know, I think, I'm not saying it's you, but it's a little bit of Pollyanna for Carolina to just, and a little bit of hubris. And I would say the same thing for NC State to think, mm-hmm. well, all we have to do is get the right money and the right coach. I don't think so. I don't think so. I look at Texas. I look at Florida and and I would say to you, yes, you can do those things there. I I don't think you can do it in North Carolina, but this, unless you did something like Chuck did and Mac Chuck went into Florida and got players Mm -hmm. Mac. The first time went into, went, went into Virginia and that's when, They've tried that, but those guys haven't turned out to be good. Yeah, no, and yeah, yeah. essentially both programs, NC State and North Carolina, you got to hit home runs. End up being you got to have a pipeline. You got to hit home runs. So all of this is to set the table for what is happening next. What's funny to me is that I can see a scenario where North Carolina graduates to whatever this tier is, and NC State does not. I can see that. Yeah, and again, yeah, it comes down to the financials of it. But I sit here and I think to myself, well, why would you belong? Other than the fact that you have the money, it's a pay for play at that point. How many actual programs are in the state of North Carolina could viably enter into this tier? I think it's one. It's yeah, I, think, I, I do think it's, yeah, I think that's the answer. I think that's the only answer. There's this pie in the sky attitude. We talked to Matt Brown about this yesterday where, you know, ECU's got the want to, sure. to commit everything to football. They don't have App to State play it too. They don't have to play the game. App State's in the same boat. And I want to bounce off something one of our listeners said about app state specifically you know app state was sold moving up to we're going to compete for championships we're going to try to get at the same level and position ourselves so that when the college football playoff expands we will be in the mix for possible inclusion in the college football playoff it's that general attitude that has ultimately ruined college football there's been a lot of I don't want to say retconning of this but a lot of people pointing out that the whole point of college football Tom Fornelli brought this up. Omani Jones has brought this up. And I ultimately agree because I find myself saying this when NC State and North Carolina play at the end of the week or when North Carolina plays App State or if NC State plays App State. College football thrives on that. College football does not thrive on what we're getting with the college football playoff and the endless endless climb to try to win a championship. Not everybody's on the same footing. You know, out of the 150 schools, not all of you are going to have a chance for the like put, to put in other words, if you're Mississippi State or you're Ole Miss, you've never ever you've done anything. Never done this. Why is money going to change? Why is a yes. new division going to change? Same what way. you're going to do against Alabama? I, and Joe, I like the idea that you put out last summer. I think it was um, about you know if, if things fall apart, so to speak, and there's like the Super League. Mm-hmm. I like the conference with NC State, Virginia Tech, ECU, uh, App. I think Charlotte might have been in it, Coastal Carolina, whatever. My, my West Virginia, because they like, are, West, they are like that, eight people. No, that's really local, 
like that's much more appealing to me in what college football should be than whatever yes. the super league is going to turn yes. into. I'm with you on that. And you're, I love the people that are bringing up the idea of, well, if you have these tiers, you could have promotion and relegation. No, no that's not going to work. Folks, that's never going to happen. People are not no. spending the money to find themselves suddenly back in the neighborhood they tried to leave. So at some point, people have to remember, why do I care? And I see this every single time. People can act like they don't care, but I know you care because I see the reaction. I see the engagement. There is way more juice when North Carolina plays App State. There's way more juice when ECU and App State play. There's way more juice when NC State and Carolina play than this idea that, well, we got to play this non-conference game because it's going to help us position for this bowl game and yada, yada, yada. Like, Let's get away from this stuff and get back to what people ultimately want and actually care about. And that is local. Well, Doug, I, say, I think you're, you're being maybe a little bit too provincial because I do think Carol, if we're on Carolina, they started the season against South Carolina. Everybody was excited. Every, about yeah, that. no, you're right. You know you're I mean? right. Everybody was excited <laughs> about that. And that's the thing too. Like you just want to play other people that care. Yes. Like West Virginia, when, when state went there, I think it was 19 state was terrible. West Virginia wasn't that good either, mm -hmm. but man, people cared. That place was packed. Those, mm -hmm. those people were totally engaged with what was going on. So for instance, I'll occasionally, and Andrew, you can appreciate this because you're the guy who goes down these rabbit holes and I will see college basketball arenas or, you know, coliseums or whatever filled to the brim with people and the games that they're filled for are the games that people actually cared about. It was these conference games. There was a familiarity with this group. Not this business that we get today with, you know, grown conferences. It's almost like we want to get back to the land, Joe. Let's get back to the land. Let's do boutique. Let's That's find our true, though. And how silly that conversation that we had earlier this season about how, like, oh, UNC should never play App State because that's, that's the gonna, dumbest conversation. The that, dumbest that, conversation that's going to hurt their playoff ranking, and it's right. like they, they're not even in the final playoff ranking, <laughs> and it didn't now. matter at all. Like, like it's just completely absurd conversation at the time uh, and in the moment. I mean, my, going back to UNC, my question about all this stuff is like, you know, I, I get that once you're on this hamster wheel, you kind of just have to stay on it. And mm -hmm. then, you know, their fans and boosters and stuff expect to compete at the highest level, but they haven't won the ACC in 43 years. So you're going to go to some super league and never win ever like the best hope is probably a 500 overall record year to year um so what's the benefit of that ultimately i get the financial stuff the financial you, you got to have money to support different programs but you're just going to be losing in this sport forever is I, that the trade-off yeah i wonder when they create this as as matt brown called it the fbs plus mm -hmm. like i would be pumped to win whatever's left Sure. Like I, I've been arguing that G5 should have their own playoff. Absolutely. And they act like, yeah. no, it wouldn't be. Why? You're not, you are literally not competing with Alabama and Texas anyway. Mm -mm. And Ohio state, I got news for you. NC state with their a hundred million dollar budget is not competing with Ohio state and Texas. Right. So yeah. you want to win. They've doubled the, you up. They want to win the game. You're the freaking A's playing in an empty building. Like stop acting like you're equals. You're not. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'd rather be the king of the dipshits. So let me play the other dipshits and be the king of the dipshits. Put on a shirt. Yeah. I'd rather be the king of the dipshits. I like that, actually. Yeah. What would the trophy be for that? <laughs> Just a poop emoji. 
get a golden. I would rather be the king of the dipshits than a pauper. That's the next OG shirt right there, man. That is honestly that is uh, that 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 really warms my heart for this podcast. Out of the ACC, out of the ACC, who do you think legitimately would want to jump up, Andrew? Because I've got. Oh, I mean, it's. I think it's. Well, we know the obvious ones: FSU, Clemson, Miami, UNC. I think those are the definites. I got two more definites. I think. I think there's another tier that would want to. No, you, you're you're missing two automatics here. I am the, the bourbon people in Louisville. Yeah, I mean they Louisville, were okay, but but to me them. that's another one of can they compete? I mean, yeah, they have more money. Right? I think money. actually they have the largest budget in the ACC. Yeah, and what's that get them? Well, it got it them depends. an appearance in Charlotte. <laughs> it's a pen get, cool. getting beat by a third string quarterback this year. Yeah, man. Good time. Um, the all right, one, the what's newcomer. the other one? Louisville and who? The newcomer SMU. SM, already okay, SMU. I wasn't thinking about SMU. <laughs> we don't want yeah, to S- SMU. There's no there. limit. Yes. <laughs> we just want to be there. You don't even have to pay us. And, but actually, yeah. I think we'll close on this because SMU is a prime example of you can have all the money in the world, but people still don't want you. You can have all the money in the world, and congratulations, you just <laughs> won the American Athletic <laughs> They're going to be fascinating because yeah, they're of gonna, they're, they're going to compete next year when they yeah. join. Like, and that's going to be even more of an indictment on the ACC. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but it's just, I, I think that no without. Win. Without realizing it, Jim Phillips continues to sign the death certificate for the ACC by bringing in oh, a program man. that nobody has wanted, but can probably come in and legitimately compete in the ACC for football. And what does yeah, that make you? What does that great. make you? So, it's not anyway. great for the narrative. Andrew Carter, News and Observer. Great conversation as always. NC State SMU championship game next year in Charlotte. <laughs> Cannot actually, wait. It would not be in Charlotte. It would actually be a Jerry World. That sounds actually, like a no, Chuck non-conference game. No, no. I think they'll move it. They'll move it to uh, – they'll move, they, it, they couldn't fill Jerry World, so they'll move it to the star. There you go. Where they play the high school championships in Texas. <laughs> the other Gerald Ford. Exactly. We'll All right, Andrew, We'll talk to you later, man. All right, gentlemen. See ya. All right, let's get out of here with some Hey Joe questions. Big thanks to Anthony over at Oakwood Pizza Box. Uh, pick some pizza out already? No, we're getting ready to go over there. Oh, yes. Do you have to take the equipment again? I do. Oh, I do. It's so I need to fun. hurry up. I gotta it's get be it. fun. I got to get out of here then. Although they're not even open yet. Right. Does that mean... That's the point. <laughs> are they going to be open when... He opens at five today. Yes. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure that you're not trying to do a podcast while they're slinging pizza at the same time. No, no, no. Okay. No. Thank goodness. Thank you got good ambient noise over there. Oh, that's good. That's good. All right. Let's get out of here on some Hey Joe questions. Uh, into the YouTube where the comments, the comments have been very, very active as of late. And a lot of it has to do with the college football playoff, Florida State, the ACC, culpability, a lot of response to the Tar Heels. But I wanted to focus on this one from random frequencies. Joe. From the bottom of my heart, as someone who loves the show and listens every day, I don't give a shit about Aaron Rodgers. Ah! Can we cut the daily segment from the show? Five stars, positive vibes. And I said, fine. I will admit that I have a problem. You have an Aaron Rodgers kink? I do. Yeah. It's because I find the guy somewhat fascinating. And I love seeing how, like, from eight steps away or eight steps ahead what he's going to do next and seeing if he's actually going to do it. I, I will admit that that right. is a fascination right. on my part. 
So, you know, you're right. I am not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers anymore. There was one comment I saw on Instagram that I need to, uh, that I need to read from one of our listeners. This is from, uh, from deep demon Deke 89 on the, on the Instagram comments, which is worse. A rod pandering for media attention or Ovia's bringing it up every week on a triangle sports focused podcast for the sake of your loyal listeners, please stop feeding the beast. Okay. I'll you're right. I guess you found both of my burner accounts. Then. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, from the iron man, I predict a player will be listed as day to day with an upper body injury next year when it, when it, when it's really a, a season-ending injury, no incentive to be transparent with the college football playoff direction every week. Yeah, can't disagree. With Again, that. this has happened before in women's basketball, where mm-hmm. they intentionally do not disclose an injury in order to protect the seating. So it's unfortunate. You know, you know how I feel about our gambling overlords. And I, I wish the college would get on the same page as the NFL, and maybe they might have learned their lesson in baseball last year. Obviously, they didn't. Yeah. But college baseball, but we'll see. Over to Matt. If the SEC and the Big Ten are inherently better than the ACC, why would they ever schedule an out-of-conference game with the ACC again? Why give the ACC even a chance to improve their strength of schedule? I mean, it depends on who you play, number one. And it also depends on who's creating the narrative. Remember, when the ACC beats the the SEC, because remember, the ACC was 6-4. and Mm -hmm. I think it was Kyle Tucker, uh, who works at The Athletic, was like, well, can we be real about the 6-4 and record? Can we be real about it? Like, who they beat? And... Yeah, we can be if you want to. Like the ACC had some good wins over the SEC, and the wins that you want to tout for the SEC were over bad ACC teams. So, what are we really accomplishing here? So, I think the my answer here is that the SEC and the Big Ten have every reason to play the ACC because it just if they win, it's a see we're clearly better than you. If you lose, there's any number I, of excuses you can use. I think the biggest change in college football with the playoff era is going to be how schedules are structured. Mark my words. I'm with you on that. And finally, I saw this yesterday. Apparently, Disney is bringing this story living concept to North Carolina out in Chatham County. I think it's Chatham County they're bringing it to. Did you watch Succession or no? Yes, actually, yes. You remember Living Plus? I was like, where are, you, where are we going? Remember Living Plus, the joke about <laughs> Living Plus? You're your cockamamie Disney things. Ay, ay, ay. But you remember... <laughs> Can I get back on my burner? Yeah. So we can never talk about Disney again. So uh, I wanted the, I want them to advertise. What was it? What was what was the guy? What was my burner? Account? Random frequencies. <laughs> Random frequencies. Dear Joe, can we can we not talk about Disney? Disney. This is called hysteria. <laughs> I think we should move the studio out there. We should move the studio out there, Joe. I'm excited about this. Did we lose you? I think we lost Joe. That's amazing. From Andrew. This is a, this is a reference you won't get. What exotic locales will be featured in Soren over North Carolina? That's right. You haven't been to Disney since you were a teenager, have you? So you have no idea what Soren is, do you? So you have no idea what Soren is? No, dude. You know what? You know what this is? This is a segment for our guy, Jerry Markovich, over at Etsy Rabbit Hole. That's what oh, this is. I love Jeremy. We can do uh, we can do it's a small world, North Carolina edition, and uh, incorporate <laughs> all the weird places he's been to. 
That's, so there's succession. They want to create a, a, a com- fake living a, thing. Yeah, fake living okay. community. And they're bringing that to North Carolina. I think this is the second one. It. It's the second one. So based you on your reaction. Pikmin, yeah. Pikmin. Pikmin. The Nintendo. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Rogers think of me. I think. <laughs> I, I honestly think. I think today's show broke you. <laughs> that was the Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> How did I come up with a burner on Instagram? <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. We'll enjoy your weekend. Hopefully, Joe is not in the hospital for pulling something because he's been laughing so hard. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.